Hello again, gorgeous listeners, and thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Glow West podcast, where we are here to chat all about the wonderful world of sex, sexuality, and the body. As always, I'm your host, Dr. Caroline West, and I'm always a part of the Tortoise Tech Network, where you can find tons of content on politics, culture, society, and of course me, sexing it up over here at the Sex Podcast. If you like what we do, please do consider supporting us at patreon.com forward slash tortoise to help keep the mics up and running. Or if you like, please pop over to Apple and rate and review as it does help people f- find the podcast. If you want to get in touch, the Instagram and Twitter is at Glow West Podcast. So we talk a lot about sex positivity and sexual wellness and all those fun kind of aspects of sex. But what does that actually mean? So today I have the perfect guest to explore this with, with us today. So I have Natasha, who also goes by Lama. She enjoys both names. She is a Malaysian Indian sex positive advocate and educator. With her background in psychology and current pursuit of a master's of public health specializing in sexual health, Natasha is all about destigmatizing STIs and celebrating any conversation to do with our pleasure, sexuality, relationships, and bodies. Natasha, thank you so much for joining me today. How are you? I am well. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very, very excited slash nervous to be here, but (laughs) I'm excited for the most part. (laughs) Yeah, we'll be fine. That's like any conversation about sex. It's a mixture of a lot of different things, isn't it? It's like the fun parts, Mm. but the nervous parts. And yeah, it's generally sex in general. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, honestly, it is. I think once you get into it, then it's fine. Yeah, exactly. When the body fluids start going, you're you're fine. But we've no body fluids this morning. No, just talking about them. No, <laughs> so we're just talking. Yeah. <laughs> All clothes on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. De- well, from the top up anyway, I can't see your bottom. Exactly. So yeah. You have no idea what's going on no. down here. <laughs> no, 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 definitely not. Anyway, that's a different podcast. Um, <laughs> Let's talk about what we're here to chat about. So sex positivity, you know, it's kind of like a buzzword now. Like everyone kind of, oh, I'm very sex positive like what does that actually mean though in real life what does it mean to be sex positive yeah I you know a lot of things when when they kind of start to happen they become like buzzwords and then we kind of forget what it actually means for me I think being sex positive is an ongoing journey it's going to be something that I'm going to be like consciously always thinking about always unpacking uh, within myself I think to put it into a statement I suppose it's like having a healthy curiosity towards you know all things sex sexuality pleasure and also um, being non-judgmental about it you know being open to it I think openness is a huge thing about being sex positive it's not necessarily about doing certain things and like performing certain acts it's actually just about you know your mindset and how you think about these things and how open you are to learning and I think that's the most important thing about being sex positive Mm, I I think that that really that's such a good explanation of it really sums it up in a nutshell um that I suppose that that willingness to learn it's that's really hard for a lot of people because you're often told in so many cultures around the world that sex is either just for marriage or it's just for this or just for that and you know these people are having the bad kind of sex and all this kind of thing like how do you actually stumble through all that to get that lovely healthy curiosity and a nice positive attitude Mm, it's it's challenging it's definitely not easy especially when you grow up in you know communities that are generally sort of sex negative or even sometimes just neutral but not in a way that kind of celebrates 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 pleasure and makes it something that you know isn't something to be ashamed about like I grew up 
in Malaysia and, you know, in general, a lot of the times, like, even if you read the research papers, you know, um, that are done by academics, like it's still put forward that like sex before marriage is a bad thing. It's a sin. And it's, you know, sometimes even a quote unquote risk factor that people are trying to reduce when it comes to research. And for me, that was just like mind blowing. It's like, what do you mean? Like it's going to happen. And it's not something that's necessarily a bad thing. You know, it's about making sure people are like informed and practicing it in like a safe way. And, you know, that's all that matters. So, so yeah, it is really challenging when you grow up with a lot of sex negative messaging. And honestly, the way to unlearn it is there, there's so many ways. And I think for me, what helped growing up was being, you know, having a healthy curiosity about it and always asking questions. And unfortunately, you're not going to always have those questions answered by, you know, the people that you wish they could be answered by, you know, sometimes your parents also might still have that sort of like stigma and shame kind of internalized within them, you know, even your teachers as well. And sometimes you have to seek out this knowledge by yourself, which is unfortunate because I absolutely think our school systems, you know, should have a good comprehensive sexuality education curriculum. But that's a long way off for Malaysia. Yeah, for <laughs> no many countries. <laughs> for yeah. many countries, yeah. And yeah. and I think that's where, you know, it's so nice that in how much like social media is such a huge part of our lives that there's just so many different sex educators, sex positive advocates. And I just love that all the people within this industry, within this field, are, you know, they have a platform for themselves to talk about these things and like destigmatize a lot of the things, normalize all the conversations and like the my favorite part of it is just celebrating the idea that like sex is fun it can be pleasurable it doesn't have to be something you're ashamed about um so yeah I think so it's like such a huge question and I'm always just like I have no idea it's just like I have no idea how to fully overcome it but I think the best way to do it and for me was just asking questions and being the person in my friend circle that would try my best to be non-judgmental about the things that I didn't understand yet. Um, yeah. yeah. And, and that's a learning curve as well, because if, if we're internalizing all those judgments from society and so it's hard not to be judgmental ourselves but I suppose you know in yeah. in the midst of or in the gap I suppose that springs up when we don't have that lovely comprehensive sex education we get loads of myths and, and legends um that that kind of come up so what are what are some of the myths that you've heard about what sex positivity actually is Oof, there are a couple I think a couple that come to my mind one is that you have to have sex um, and you have to be kind of like into casual sex and all of that stuff to be sex positive. Um, and then that, that's, that's just so untrue. Like, like I said earlier, like being sex positive is just about having a healthy curiosity, having the openness to learn and, you know, having the like agency to learn about these things and then realize what is like, what serves you and what is for you and just what isn't. And I think that's like the most important part and that's like the biggest myth I suppose and like I think that's what I get a lot as well as someone that's like pretty open in my life that you know talks about all things sexuality pleasure body etc and I think a lot of the times people people assume I'm like this person that like will be having sex every single day and I'm like oh, no 
I'm just like you, you know, I will go like, you know, sometimes a couple of weeks and not even think about it because I'm stressed with life. And then I'm like, all right, now it's actually time for me to devote myself into like nurturing my sexuality, nurturing my like eroticism. Like it's like my, the way that I work is like the similar as how other people are going to be. So I think that's like the biggest myth that you have to, like there are these like certain criteria and like acts you have to tick off. Um, to be sex positive I don't know why I can't think of anything else do you like have you heard any other myths like in your work yeah I think like I've heard stuff like oh you know sex positivity is really for people who are like just having this like super wild sex or they're into you know they're all poly they're all swingers they're all Mm. into BDSM and you know if you're vanilla you're boring and stuff like this and it's really this kind of hierarchy system exactly and that's exactly what not being sex positive is you know it's like putting judgment on people for enjoying certain things and wanting to do certain things and if like that's for you then I'm so happy that you have found like the best way that you enjoy expressing your sexuality and you found what you enjoy and what brings you pleasure and that is like the most important thing that's like the crux of everything and I think oh I get so common this is not related to like necessarily myths around what it is what it means to be a sex positive person but I think in being someone that talks about this a lot I really get so many questions about like masturbation and having solo sex and like there's this idea that you know while someone can be sex positive in a way that they're like yeah like you know having if you want to have lots of sex that's great amazing for you but this idea of like enjoying pleasure by yourself alone with you know like a no other party maybe other than like a sex toy um you know is like something weird and like if you do it too much there's something wrong with you and like there's this some arbitrary benchmark of what too much is and like if you do too little then something's wrong with you as well like it's just so where's the happy medium of (laughs) in the midst of all that it's hard to find it's hard to find and sometimes it's like it's really difficult to say like what is a low amount what's a high amount because like for what my low could be someone else's high and what someone else's high could be like my neutral and I think that's like the beauty of being human is that like the whole spectrum of like you know the ways that our sexual desires can ebb and flow and what we enjoy like that whole spectrum is fine you're normal you're okay and I think that's the that's what like being sex positive is it's about like embracing that and like embracing the diversity in what people enjoy and what they don't yeah I like that approach and do do you think you know just on that small tangent there about sex toys and in Malaysia are they you know are there like sex shops or is it do you have to order everything in from online or like how how does that work question I actually don't actually I haven't been back home in a long time and when I left I was like just 18 so you know right at the time where I would have been (laughs) like exploring these things I we I don't think we have maybe we do so if someone Malaysian's listening and it's like um excuse me ma'am you're wrong just you know let me know okay Um, I don't know if we have like physical adult shops or like um you know shops that sell sex toys and things like that we do have online you know online retailers and stuff and um and yeah like they you know they supply these products but the sort of market when it comes to like brands that are Malaysian owned the range of their products is still pretty like you know pretty small Mm. this is still like a new thing that people are 
openly kind of embracing this idea that like sex toys are good they are enjoyable they're not bad you know they're not like sinful all these types of things um so yeah and and there are some like really amazing malaysian brand brands <laughs> malaysian brands <laughs> that you know sell uh you know, pleasure products, you know, where there's like Irosu, there's Vibe Store, there's like a Singaporean brand that also ships to Malaysia. So, so yeah, they definitely are some, um, but I think the, like how vocal people are, people are, the fact that whether they do or do not use sex toys, is still very, very hush-hush. Yeah. Um, you know, seeing someone like very proudly kind of talking about the fact that they use sex toys in Malaysia is still like a, <gasps> like, oh my god what is she doing um okay so yeah that's that's definitely the thing thing. yeah because I remember I know um a lot of Malaysian and Singapore culture is is quite close you know that like the same way Mm. I suppose American and Canadian and our Irish and English culture can be very similar um I remember the outrage over um Annabelle Chong who was Singapore's first porn star and she had the record for the world's biggest gangbang at the time it was 251 (laughs) men um that that's a whole other episode episode um on, oh on yes that. but I remember you know she went back and people were so judgmental and shameful and um like yeah. her poor mum and dad just didn't know what to do and stuff like that but it was a mm. huge kind of scandal I know it's covered a lot in Malaysian culture as well as the time but it was interesting to see you know I think a lot of all those things were told about sex kind of got projected uh, onto Annabelle and it was like oh my god you can't have sex like this like you're a bad person if you do and I think maybe religion came into it a little bit as a as it Mm. happens sometimes so like that idea of like being publicly open about sex and publicly engaging in sex can be um still very you know subject to being stigmatized I think I think you know Annabelle Chong was a while ago now but I think it's still the same in many places absolutely you're so right it is really stigmatized I think you know slowly in Malaysia we're getting like more sort of voices in terms of like the sex positive space that are coming out whether they're educators whether they're advocates you know whether they you know work within like NGOs and things like that and it's and it's really really nice to see people you know starting to talk about this starting to talk about um you know the importance of like sex ed and things like that but at the same time I feel like you know I have the privilege of like being in Australia for the most part and like building a life here I think when you're in Malaysia sometimes you have to really sort of like watch what you say um you know you cannot be like too brazen and like too forward about certain things um because you know sometimes you like who knows what might happen to you you know you may get like questioned and things like that so I think um like for example in terms of like you know queer rights and like the LGBTQ plus community and like being able to openly talk about you know, standing in solidarity with them and, you know, demanding that, like, something as, for me, should be the bare minimum of, like, banning conversion therapy is seen as, like, a, a huge, huge scandal. There was this, um, she was a, she was, like, a political advocate. I cannot remember her name, but basically she just posted, this was quite a while ago, I think sometime last year, she posted an Instagram post just talking about conversion therapy in Malaysia and, you know, what happens in it, why it's not good, um, and why we need to get rid of it. And basically, that post sparked such a huge debate. Um, she had to uh, 
there were like police that were searching for her. Um, she had to turn her account into private, um, from a public to a private account. It was just horrific. And all because oh. she was just coming out to say like, hey, this is not okay. Um, you know, Malaysian queer people exist and we need to stop demonizing them and actually like treat them like actual people with respect, et cetera, et cetera. And like, you know, saying things like that got him in trouble. And I think that's when like, when you have that position in Malaysia talking about things that are meant to be hush-hush, things that are super stigmatized. Um, There's this kind of like fear of like kind of watching what you say so that you don't get in trouble in a way, which is which is really, really unfortunate, you know? Yeah, and I'm very, you know, suffocating as well for a lot of yes. people to not be able to live their, their true lives and stuff as well. So that that's pretty sad. So, but like, like how, how do we then, how do we get to that point then of actually being sex positive in our personal lives then, you know, apart from all that societal nonsense that we have <laughs> to deal with? Like, how do we actually enact that on, on that individual level for ourselves to take that nice, healthy, like you said, a curiosity approach, which is really fast um yeah yeah how do we get to that point yeah it's I think it's an ongoing journey even as someone who's like a sex positive advocate I still struggle on the daily with you know things to do with my own sexuality I'm, I'm always like for example I'm always like oh my god I haven't had sex in like xx amount of time I'm a failure I should like it's been too long and like for me one of the biggest myths about sex that I am like still unlearning and like trying to get it out of my head is that there is like a specific num like frequency that you should be having sex for it to be like a healthy sex life which is like so untrue you know you could have sex like once in like six months and it could be the best sex ever and you can have like sex every other week and it could just be the you know um and so yeah it takes I guess kind of identifying what sort of sex negative messaging you've internalized you know and I think where it comes to play is when you feel like a kind of um what's the like right word to use kind of like a like a sense of a point of like friction or tension within like what you're doing versus your beliefs you know but like for example you have a partner you both are not married yet you enjoy having sex together like it's pleasurable you have fun and then post that you feel this like weird feeling inside and you're just like you know kind of struggling and trying to reconcile that like idea that you shouldn't be having sex before marriage and even if you are it's only if with someone that you think you're going to get married to like all of these things it's kind of like reconciling the fact that like maybe you actually don't hold those beliefs and it's actually okay that you don't and it's actually okay that you want to have sex before you get married and it's enjoyable and it's fun um and and you have agency in making that choice for yourself so yeah I suppose like it's just thinking about all the messaging you have and I think if you're trying to be more sex positive just in moments where you feel that you know think about I suppose if your friend were coming to you with something and you would tell them like a very sex positive thing you'd be like yeah you know go for it do that but then like when it comes to you you don't hold the same sort of belief and you know you don't give yourself the same type of grace and compassion and 
And yeah, so I think maybe that's one way to do it. Yeah, it's quite difficult. Way. It's a big question. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, you know, this is a big thing for a lot of people. Like a lot of people just suffer in silence for a lot around their sex life. Yeah. And I think the numbers thing that you were saying is really important there. Like, I think we, we view that as like, oh, God, I've only had sex twice this week or this month or this year or whatever happens to be or this day or this hour whatever happens to be <laughs> if you're very very active and we kind yeah. of compare it to each other like you know yeah. we kind of say oh I've heard that you know people should be having sex four times a week and it's like we don't do that with like other stuff you know we don't say like oh well a lot of us don't say oh that you know I have to go to the gym four times this week because this person went to the gym four times this week mm-hmm. but when it comes to sex we're like so much more anxious around it and we're kind of saying oh am I normal you know this is a big thing of like you know what's what's normal and it's like I think we need to throw that in the bin because like comparing ourselves to other people like it just doesn't work and it just causes stress yes please I think we need to throw like that that I get I get that question so often am I normal if I do this is this normal if this happens like and I'm just like everything is normal and nothing is normal like it's just there's just so much variation in what we do so like yes what you're doing is fine you're normal but I'm not going to do that thing because that's not what works for me and that's okay um and yeah I I, normal needs to be thrown out the bin because it's (laughs) really difficult because when we try to you know yeah put normal as the benchmark it's going to be different Mm. for everyone and and it's about finding what your normal is and that's actually going to change as well throughout your life it's you're not going to be you know whatever normal now versus maybe a couple of years later when your circumstances are like are changing something's going on in your life like it's going to affect your sexuality it's going to affect your sexual desire like and it's fine you know it's it's not like yeah normal needs to go definitely (laughs) definitely and yeah and it's so so subjective absolutely but I think like things like shyness really come into play and people who are Mm. like maybe they really want to be sex positive but they're just so shy so like they know it all in theory but when it comes to reality and practice they just kind of get held back by that shyness so how do people like that overcome that shyness to kind of tap into what they know is inside they just have difficulties kind of expressing themselves around it 100 percent. maybe take some time to explore that by yourself I think it can be quite daunting when you know a lot of the exploring starts just with partnered sex and you know just in partnered situations I think taking the time to explore with yourself what feels good what doesn't um you know what you enjoy what you don't and you know what your like boundaries are and where you kind of sit with yourself and I think that's really important carving out some time to actually like nurture your sense of like being an erotic person and you know whether that's like tell like if you live alone just spending maybe a Friday night finding doing something that makes you feel sensual doing something that makes you feel sexy doing something that makes you feel erotic and all those three words can feel different for you um and you know whether that's lighting a candle playing some music whether it's like having some solo sex sex toy or no sex toy like I think carving out some time to kind of like nurture your own sense of like 
what brings you pleasure is really really important in kind of overcoming that initial silence because you you can do it with yourself you you're not having to like feel pressured to kind of you know meet someone else's timeline or do what your partner wants or you know etc all of that so you can kind of take it at your own pace and it's like baby steps right you don't have to go all the way one day if you do something one day and you're like mm, okay I'm that's enough for me today I think I've gone a little bit more than I thought I could and then you just chillax and and then it sometimes journaling really helps I'm not a huge journaler I find that like my thoughts in my head move way too fast for my hands and yeah, so some people say you know Yeah. So some people say you can journal while typing on a keyboard that helps to, you know, just kind of unpacking where the like crux or like the main root of your thoughts are coming from. And you know, if your assumption is that I, you know, sh- like being like I enjoy feeling pleasure, but I feel bad when I do it. Um I feel shameful when I enjoy it. And then maybe thinking about like who did i receive this sort of similar types of messaging from can i like rack through my memories and my brain where you know um that's kind of come into play and i think it's like shyness within like a sexual context also can sometimes play into shyness like outside of that like how much are you allowing yourself outside of a sexual context as well to be as open as you want to be to be as free as you want to be and you know to make choices just because you enjoy them and it bring it it's fun it's pleasurable and i think when you can be bold and you can be that free you know in your life sort of outside that sexual context it will eventually sort of come into play when it comes to the shyness and sometimes the shame surrounding sex and your sexuality maybe Mm, I think yeah that's a really really great answer to that and I I think it just shows that yeah it is a journey and it's okay mm. not to be automatically sex positive or yeah. you know like in a very easy sense like it's difficult for a lot of people. I think half the battle I think for people is if if you are having um you know like casual sex, hookup sex, one night stand sex, whatever you want to call it, um that can be really hard cuz you don't often know your partner. You know, it's it's hard to kind of build that relationship with them. You're trying to figure out how to communicate, you know, like I think we we kind of hopefully get as far as like consent and then that's like the the bar, the low bar that we have to get, the like the lowest bar. <laughs> yeah, the the very 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 basic. But then it's like all the other stuff is kind of hard. Like how do you wrap all that up and communicate with someone that you're you're going to have sex with for a few minutes and then that's it you know you might never yeah. see them again but it's kind of hard and it's hard to kind of say hey this is how I like to have my pleasure if you've literally just met someone an hour before or something yeah 100% i think casual sex or like hookup culture is such a it's really like contentious in the way of like a lot of the times especially things to do with like the orgasm gap and things like that where like a lot of you know cis heterosexual women when it comes to like casual sexual encounters the likelihood of them being able to you know um experience an orgasm much much lower compared to their like male counterparts and um and i think it's just sort of changing the way that we approach like casual situations like just because it's casual it doesn't mean that like there's complete disregard for your feelings and you know what brings you pleasure because at the end of the day if the way that you sort of view your like sexual experiences is putting pleasure at the forefront you know um and like mutual pleasure 
to like emphasize that I think when that happens then you know you can have experiences that you can tell them like hey put your hand here I like that or like and it's like little things right you don't have to be like super directive and being like do this do that do this like it can be really scary and really intimidating it can be really like tiny things like telling someone like go a little bit faster there go a little bit slower and also like positive affirmations are great it's like oh my god I love when you do that that feels fantastic like those are things like it's not just about yeah being like super directive and and you know that can feel intimidating for some people but it's just like little things and I think communicating honestly is very scary for a lot of us like we all love to say like yes communicate it's the best thing to do but then like actually doing it in practice can be um not as easy and can be really uncomfortable sometimes and and I think casual encounters are where like that ability to communicate well comes comes into play and it's about like telling the person you know like I'm not sure sure if this is going to be if this is going to last longer than whether we're seeing today um you know or this is or if you're super sure then being like yep yeah, it's gonna be a one-time thing I think you're really hot you think I'm really hot let's just have a great time together um because in the, the day like hopefully the person you're with also not just cares about themselves enjoying themselves but also cares about you enjoying yourself because you know we all love to say like yeah I'm a good lover like I'm great in bed <laughs> and um and that also means like wanting to you know whoever we're having sex with whether it's one person or multiple people at a time making sure that like they are all enjoying themselves so it's you know also us kind of like asking our partners when we're doing something like does that feel good do you want me to move there or trying something else and then like you know seeing how they react so yeah it's it's a lot of things I think I you know even like when I think back to when I used to like have really casual encounters like I would do so many things differently now with like how my ability to communicate has changed over the course of like even the last six months but you know you live and you learn (laughs) oh definitely sometimes you look back and you go oh that was just like such a waste of time and I would have it's a full cringe a total cringe and you're just like god that's I'm not counting that (laughs) that doesn't count it doesn't count no (laughs) it didn't didn't really happen no 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 let's just selective memory on on that one oh god yeah and it's just like you kind of want like the benefit of experience means you can look back and go oh that's how I would do things differently but when you're like mm-hmm. less experienced and maybe less confident about speaking up for yourselves it's so hard to kind of go you know and you're trying to undo like the performative nature of sexuality that we're all it's a kind of instilled in us a lot from like movies yeah. and porn and women's magazines yes. and stuff like this of like this is how you should look when you're having sex and you're like yeah but how about like how should I be when I'm having sex not mm. just how I look it's it's kind of hard to I suppose unpack all that but I think what a lot of all those messages um you know about how we can have good sex and everything else don't take into account are things like trauma and trauma impacts so much so it impacts like how we communicate how we can let ourselves go how we can be vulnerable around other people or just how we can engage with the notion of pleasure if we've had Mm. you know traumatic experiences so so how do we kind of start working on that obviously my go-to answer is always therapy because therapy is like the best thing in the world when you get a good therapist and yeah and you can afford to engage with them for a while 
like it's just literally life-changing it's such a good thing but everyone knows I'm, mm. I'm always on about therapy but how else can <laughs> we um you know kind of bring that attitude in if we're not quite in the place for therapy for whatever reason absolutely yeah I'm a huge advocate for therapy as well I've actually literally just started like a month ago and I'm like so excited about it but that aside so understanding you know obviously not everyone has access to it um yeah you know like trauma plays such a huge part in like our sexuality and how it develops as well and a lot of I think for me in like experiencing that in my past and like in the future now was actually reclaiming my own sexuality and like taking control of how I feel and you know it's like in like an ongoing thing for me and I think there's this myth that like when it comes to healing from your trauma it's like this linear thing that just you know gets better with time but a lot of the times you know you may be doing great and then something happens and it's like all the way back down you're at square one and you have to like walk up that hill again and it's okay like it happens um and it's just about like having the tools to do that I think you know if if it comes for me it's like when it comes to partnered sex it there's so many different ways where trauma can like come into play and I can only like talk about I suppose because I'm also not a therapist I can talk about the way that like I have been affected by it and how I have not have or like am working to overcome it because it's still there um you know and for me it's a lot to do with like um you know vaginismus and like experiencing pain during sex and I think a lot of it is just reading online there are so many so many great resources um and you know just like combing through all the like cosmo articles and like all the random stuff that you're like please not this um and when you find you know the like really really great resources there's just there's so many helpful tools that you can use in your life and I think a lot of them you know being like mindfulness and I feel like mindfulness can be this really like fluffy thing but a lot of the times it's like basically just grounding yourself in the present and a lot of the time when you know you experience something really traumatic and you know when you're trying to embrace your own sexuality and um, you know especially when it comes to partnered sex like be really present it can be really challenging Um, and so yeah being mindful having a and like you know if you can and if you feel comfortable and hopefully you do with the right partner being able to kind of disclose to them you don't have to say everything because that's on you how much you want to disclose to someone but you can tell them like hey you know I'd love if we take it slow um I'd love if you also check in on me here and then you know like obviously I will check in with myself and that's what I'm trying to do but it's so beautiful when you have a partner that's like how are you feeling or like when a partner is like very very present as well and like noticing the different changes that you know are happening with, within you and if they can see your eyes kind of starting to float around the room and you're not paying attention and you know just things to like bring your attention back to the present um so yeah I think you know trauma is like an ongoing thing and it's going to affect you do you have any tips of like people trying to you know trying to navigate this through their relationship I I think like the number one thing would just be compassion and you know and it's okay not to be super up for sex or super like healed from everything you know it's Mm. a a journey and like you said it's not a a linear thing trauma is like a big squiggly mess for a lot of people and that's okay that that's how it is and stuff and I think yeah being kind to yourself and realizing okay you know like 
maybe when you were going through trauma, you made decisions that might be you wouldn't have if you weren't, you know, traumatized. And, you know, you might have. Um, I think this is this is kind of a common thing for trauma that people who have been traumatized will often go on and have really bad sex because they're trying to figure out their boundaries again and they're mm. trying to take control and sometimes they're not quite there. So they have sex that like it is consensual, but maybe it's not great or they just probably wouldn't have done that if they weren't traumatized. And I think that's really hard yeah. for people to kind of figure out and name that because it's like, you yeah. know, th- the only way we have of understanding it is like consent or sexual violence. And it's like, just mm, more to it in there, I think, you know, to 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 have those conversations about that kind of sex where like we probably wouldn't have done it, but it was consensual. But ugh, and try not to be judgmental with yourself. I think that's half the battle yeah. as well. I think we're really great. And, and I think like people socialize as women as well, like really great at like beating ourselves up and judging ourselves and self-stigmatizing ourselves and going, oh, you shouldn't have done yeah. that. I shouldn't have done this and all that kind of thing. That's really hard for people to break out of as well. That kind of self-shaming approach, I think. Yeah, absolutely. I think I've gone through a phase like that in my in in my past as well, where, you know, I kind of struggled with like coming to terms with the fact that like, yes, you have vaginismus and like it doesn't mean you are broken, like it's okay. Um, and I think I remember like coming out of a relationship and just feeling like this need to like have a regular sexual partner all the time, which meant like, you know, casual partner, whatever, because I was too scared of having a break from for sex for longer than a week or two weeks, because that meant that like when I tried to have sex again, and when I mean sex, I mean penetrative sex in this situation, that it would be painful. Um, And I just did not want to feel that pain because then it would mean like having to confront those feelings and like, you know, sit with them actually and like feel them. And that was like really, really scary to me. So I would just, you know, just keep having like partners, even though like, it's not that I did, like it was great, but I'm like, would I have had as many if I like didn't have this like underlying feeling of like, if you stop, then whoever's going to be your like partner next. And if they want to have penetrative sex, you're going to disappoint them. You know, maybe not. I don't think I would have been as afraid and wouldn't have felt the need to like have as many partners. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they were all lovely, but yeah, that was something that I realized much later, kind of looking back on those months, and I was like, huh, this is where your trauma comes into play, babes. And when you don't, when when you don't like sit with it and let yourself think about it. And I think it was through those months of like through those different experiences, um, coming out of it and like realizing like oh yeah okay maybe that's why I felt this like want to kind of see people a lot and it's like they were all lovely people um it's not they were like bad people anything and the experiences were fun but I think coming out of it I was like I think I also pressured myself to like constantly find new partners if let's say one didn't work out because I was too afraid of like being alone and not having one for a long period of time that when I did have one again and they wanted to have penetrative sex, it would be bad. And nothing scares me more than like bad sex and having to say it's bad. Yeah, <laughs> so, no, and feel like it's my fault. So, so yeah, that was like that. You, mm. you bring up such a good point and it kind of reminded me of that 
little uh, instance. There's so much in, in that that you've just said of like, you know, the fact that our physical bodies are one thing, but the emotional fallout from that as well. I mean, there's hardly, you know, there's never enough training around sexual issues for doctors and nurses and stuff. So they, you know, yeah. can't really blame them for not knowing everything. It's the system. Um, but then, you know, when you have that physical thing going on, we also have to look at the emotional side of it as well and, and the fallout and the reasons why. And like you said, like you, you maybe if you had education and compassion around the, the, mm-hmm. the emotional side, maybe the physical side would have been different. And it's kind of they feed into each mm. other both on that, yeah. that kind of level going back and forth. And yeah, it's 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 a complicated area I think and just like how do you how do you name all that in silence as well and in stigma and all that kind of stuff it's it's yeah it's it's hard (laughs) it's hard to figure it It all out it is really challenging but I think I think that's what makes us human right it's just like going through all of this and you know we all have our own stories and I think the biggest thing that I've learned and I'm like my one of my best friends is like just the sweetest person ever and they always remind me to you know have compassion for myself the people in my life and like have give yourself some grace you know a lot of the time we give our friends and the people in our lives so much grace so much love and it's difficult to give ourselves the same sometimes absolutely yeah and I I think your, your your point there as well reminded me of um gosh we did a podcast with Yoni Alkin I felt like forever ago it was last year but we're losing track of time with the pandemic I know everything feels relative at this yeah, point it's just like a million years ago um but we t- we talked a lot about just I suppose that that being like touch hungry and the need for touch and sometimes it's platonic touch and sometimes it's just touching other humans and being around them it yeah. doesn't have to be a sexual thing and doesn't have to be penetration and sometimes just cuddling is actually what yes. we actually really want but because we don't name that to ourselves, we're like, oh, I need sex because I want to connect with another person. But it's not necessarily the sex you want. It's the physical clo- closeness and just that basic need in ourselves to have someone hold yeah. us and, and mind us. But that that the lack of knowledge around that might lead us to having sex that we don't actually really want. Um, mm. Again, consensual, but, you know, not necessarily what we want where we want to be at I suppose so yeah that's I think not enough people know that you know because I don't think we talk about that enough yeah absolutely I think we need to talk about it more and I think it's like a difficult thing to talk about as well because you have to like hold space for that part of what you're feeling and like yeah when you when you you know you're not in therapy and you have to kind of name that by yourself and you're like yeah, I actually just do want to like hug my friend really tightly and I haven't seen someone in so long. And I think it was especially challenging for people that, you know, perhaps were like living alone during the pandemic. And yeah, like the nothing beats the feeling of like just having a warm embrace with a friend and like feeling, you know, if that's what you enjoy, like just feeling like someone like be affectionate with you. It, it's so nice. And I think that like, cute like human touch is like part of connection as well and I think I remember like when I came out of lockdown last year as well and I got to see like friends like and you just like hug them that first time and it's like you don't want to let go because you're just too scared to you're like what if we let go and like we go back into lockdown again I mean like Melbourne did go back into lockdown like twice so yeah but you know it's like that initial feeling of just like I have missed this so much and and I think you know we need to allow ourselves to like be okay with saying like 
that we want that type of affection from our friends. Like I think like we always put romantic love on this like pedestal of like being the like best thing in the world and like something that we all need to, you know, aspire to. But I think our like platonic relationships, our friendships are like up there for me. I think, um, you know, they form such an important part of our lives and, you know, you can hug your friends, you can cuddle your friends, you can snuggle, you know, if you're on like, this is, I love doing this to one of my friends when you're like, when, when you're on an escalator, someone's lower than you and you're like standing behind them and, you know, they're still my height because I'm quite short anyway. And I just <laughs> kind of put my like neck on their shoulder and then their head leans. And like, it's just like those tiny moments. They just feel very special, very sweet. And I think it reminds us that like connection is really important and like yeah. that closeness is important. I, I think so. Yeah. I'm from so many, so many different ways. And I think it, it, once we acknowledge that and accept that and be okay with that I think the rest of it falls into place a lot more mm. easily you know with um our sex positivity and things like that because yeah you know it's just about oh how do I want to be treated and what do, what are my needs and how do I identify those needs that's really kind of what it comes down to but um yeah I like I like that lovely positive kind note so we'll wrap up there and because <laughs> it just feels all nice and fuzzy and it's like oh no it does it feels like, so wholesome now yay, it's like <laughs> nice nice the huggy moments and stuff um it, it has been absolutely my pleasure talking to you today I really enjoyed that today and I just think it's like a nice it's a nice it's just nice to have that that thread of like kindness and compassion kind of running through this because mm. it's just it's a difficult area and stuff so um thank you yeah. for putting that work into the world um <laughs> where can people find you if they want to learn more about what you are up to yeah, you can find me um, at browngirl.sexology on Instagram. And yeah, that's where I post all of my work, do all my stuff. Please give me a follow. Come have a chat in the DMs, whatever. Um, yeah, that's where you can find me. Fabulous. <laughs> Thank you so much. And definitely, yeah, I urge everybody to pop over and have a look there. So as always, thanks Mel, to all my listeners. Again, if you want to rate and review the podcast, I'd super appreciate that because it helps get the word out about it. So you can do that on Apple. You can follow on Spotify. And if you want to get in touch with the podcast, the Twitter and Instagram is at Glow West Podcast. And we will chat to you next week.